Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Welcome back to Living Box Free. I am Ashleen. And I'm Becky. And we are so glad you're here today with us, spending a little bit of your time. Time is such a precious commodity, so thanks for spending some of it with us. We are in the middle of a series called... I've got issues. I've got issues. Oh, man. We have memory issues this yeah, today. Yeah, we do have memory <laughs> issues. I was like, it's going to come to me. It is. Nope, it did not. <laughs> we also just worked out right before this, that and I think true. that... Uh, there's still oxygen There's coming still back some, to our brain. Yeah, some blood flow issues <laughs> that are happening right now. We worked very hard. We did. Yeah, very <laughs> proud. Anyway, okay, so we're in the middle of an I've Got Issues series, and we've been talking about basically the concept that we all have issues. It's just a matter of what kinds and, yeah, how they affect your life and how you deal with them. So today we are going to talk about change. Change is so hard. How many people have you ever heard say... I hate change. A lot. A lot. I don't do well with change. I don't handle mm-hmm. change well. And most of us don't. So we're going to talk about why we might resist change and how to move with and accept the changes the world throws our way. And especially those things that we can't control, which is most of the things in my experience. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> and just to start it off, there's this great quote from JFK. Change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. Beautiful. Mic drop. We'll just leave it right there. Leave it right there. And there is our episode on change. Come back next week. (laughs) Embrace the future. (laughs) Accept change. All right. So before we dive into all that fun content, we always start with a question. Becky, what's on the rise for you this week? Speaking of love languages, I am not the best with gifts. That's actually the lowest on my list. However, I'm so proud of myself because I was proactive there are seven different people, friends, that are graduating oh my. in the next two weekends. Yes. So what's on the rise for me is figuring out gifts for those seven people. I've achieved six of those gifts. Wow. So I'm very proud of myself. And they're personalized, which took time to order. So I'm just like, yes, gift giving. I've improved. Hopefully they like them. I'm <laughs> I'm very happy now, but maybe they don't like them. But I, I really focused on how to do a personalized gift for those people who are graduating Hurrah, yep. yay to full-time job from here. Dun, 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 dun. Yay, we're a big kid. <laughs> what, okay, what about you? What's on the rise? On the rise for me is sunburn. Ouch. It's just, I've been to Florida, and um, it, yeah, with my skin, it doesn't seem to matter how much sunscreen I put on. I just, <laughs> I just come back sunburnt, no matter yeah. what. But here's the reason I want to talk about this. I have a tip. <laughs> I have a tip for Ooh. you all. When you get sunburnt... Your skin can heal most of it if you don't shower. So the natural oils from your skin will heal or at least make better the sunburn if you don't shower for the next 24 hours. That is so interesting because now that I think about it, anytime there's times where I'm like, wow, I got a lot of sun. And after I shower, it looks worse. Yes. That is so interesting. So I didn't come back sunburnt because I didn't, I rinsed off like the, Mm-hmm. chlorine and pool water and all that nastiness, but I did not use soap. So I didn't remove like the oil from my skin. And so, yeah, you wouldn't even know that I got sunburnt. That is a genius tip. Uh, that tip was free yeah, for all of was. those pale, easy to sunburn people <laughs> out there, which I am one of them. 
That is genius. I've yeah. actually never heard that. There you go. Free yeah. tip of the day. Saving <laughs> lives one sunburn mm-hmm. at a time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about change. Let's do it. As we talk about change, we, we picked this topic because the last two years change has been on overload and it it has caused a lot of the some of us didn't have issues as many issues before the pandemic and some things arose or some things grew faster because of the drastic change all of us were going through in the last two years this has been a hot topic uh, where I work for a multitude of reasons the pandemic but also just organizational change yeah, you've had a lot of organizational changes we have yes and so we talk a lot about change at work, and it was something that came to my mind when we talk about all of our listeners, because everyone since 2020 has experienced change. Some of us have accepted it easier than others. Real quick, a couple facts here about change. Uh, there is a psychologist, Jim Bright, and he actually had a really great article recapping a study he did on LinkedIn. One in three people say they would avoid change if they could. So the human nature right there, as we talk about change, it's just easier to be in our comfort zone. One in three people say, yep, no, thank you. So that's (laughs) something, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And then 62.71%, so about 63% of people agreed that uncertainty about the future worries them. Only 20.79, wow, we got really specific (laughs) data here. I'm going to say 21% said they would not worry about the future. So in general, most of us, most people don't like change. And most people worry about the uncertainty of the future that they can't control. So there's this stress that gets added because of change. We prefer just to stay in our normal routine, our normal habitat and way of operating. However, like that quote from JFK, we can't really advance to the future if we don't accept and embrace change. So today we're going to talk about three key things. One, how do we commonly as humans react to change? Two, how people move through change. We're going to talk about a specific uh, curve that people, it, it helps give labels to our emotions when we experience change. And then third, how can we accept and move through those emotions where we can adopt change for the better and move forward and not get stuck? There's quite a few people, and even t- to this day, who've been stuck because of change and they're resistant to it and they don't want to accept it. And, and that's a hard place to be. And that, that is an issue. As we talk about, I have issues. So let's talk about how yeah. do we normally react to change? I'm curious to Ash, as I talk through this, feel free to chime in if you have any examples mm-hmm. of you and maybe change that you can think of where you've reacted similarly. I never resist change. Never. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three common ways that we react to change. And change can be good. However, there's oftentimes a negative reaction and it's our primal brain kicking in versus our more logical brain. And that causes us to either one, have a lot of uncertainty. So for example, an organizational change, let's say there's an announcement that says, ah, we're cutting all of our admin assistance by 50% and we expect you, the employee, to do more of your own expense reports or more of your own logistical work. There could be that reaction of uncertainty like, ooh, how is this going to yeah. go? Like, I don't, I'm, unsh- I'm unsure if this is really a good idea. I don't know if this is going to work. So that's one reaction. I remember one time at, when I was working for Starbucks, we changed the way, this is a kind of a silly thing, but we changed the way we were counting 
the cash registers. Oh. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. And I remember being very stressed about it and having yeah. multiple conversations with my manager of being like, I don't know. I don't think this is going to work. I'm willing yeah. to do it, but I don't think it's going to work. That, But you, that's a perfect example because it's, it's simple, but even the smallest changes that are so routine, mm-hmm. it can cause that uncertainty, that stress. Yeah. And Enough that years later, I still remember that stress. I don't remember yeah. how it turned out. <laughs> I don't remember if it worked or not, but I remember the stress. Yes. So that's one, uncertainty. The second way we commonly react, some people react with blame. Blame. I will just use the pandemic as an example. Who got blamed for COVID? Poor China, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have these, and and I, I know this is getting into the politics of it, but there's people who are, you know, anti-Asian all of a sudden because of COVID and they think China created this COVID. So that blame game, and I, we're not going to get into that, but I'm just saying that is an example as we look at the treating ourselves like a science experiment. We look at Americans from the last year in the world. That's one example where blame came in because it's easier to put that on someone else than you accepting, okay, this is my new reality. Yeah. And this is just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. The third is resistance. (laughs) I think this is a common one. (laughs) Uh, So resistance, obviously, it's what it sounds like. When there's a change, you try your best not to accept it and you resist it. You're like, I am not going to work from home or I'm not going to count the cash register this way because the old way was the best way. And I think of my very first job, I worked for the Department of Agriculture and there are employees there. I was fresh out of college. Mm-hmm. I was probably so annoying. <laughs> I was so eager to change the world. And there are employees who'd been there for 20 years. And certain things had always been done this certain way. And even when we pitched ideas, we're like, let's do this. Let's do our calendar scheduling this way. They, they wouldn't do it. They resisted yeah. it. Any Anything that comes to mind when we say resistance? Well, I'm honestly thinking, what happens when I do all three at the same time? <laughs> Is that, is that my superpower? I don't. Oh, your superpower <laughs> is resisting blame, uncertainty. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of times I kind of cycle through all three of them of like, I don't know mm-hmm. if this is going to work and it's your fault for making this happen. And mm-hmm. then I'm just not going to do it, you know? Yes. Yeah. And, and these, as we think through these, and it is okay if you experience all three, that's okay. <laughs> We're talking about this is the average person. I've got issues. I've got issues. The average person reacts this way. It is so important to to understand why we react this way and how do we get through it. And specifically, I think about teams, whether it's a team in the workplace who you work with, or maybe even a team as in you and your roommate or you and your spouse. If you get stuck and you're blaming, you're resisting, and that team, one person, let's say, is moving forward and the other one's not, it, it's going to be such a struggle and it's going to cause so much stress and anxiety and underlying issues if we don't learn how to move through it as a group and that could be a work group or I mean even like a spouse right Mm -hmm. me and me and Tristan if we both decide we're going to change our household chores and one person's resisting it and the other one's not stuff's not going to get done and someone's going to get angry (laughs) something's not going to go well Yeah, yeah yeah and I I think that certain jobs certain teams certain roles require more change than others Mm -hmm. Uh, I was talking to some friends last night who are in the production world. I mean, uh, like music and, um, you know, video production, that kind of thing. And 
the required level of change for them is so high because of technology. Technology oh just gosh, keeps yeah. rolling out. I mean, there's something new every week, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you're resistant to change in that world, you you fall behind so, so quickly. And so I feel like different teams have different expectations for how you're going to adapt to change. Yep. And so that's something to consider, even as you're deciding on a on a role or on a team or something like that. Like, how often am I going to need to be able to adapt to change? Just mm-hmm. a little side note. Yeah, very good. Technology is a great example of having to change a lot yeah. in that industry. Okay, so we've talked about the common ways we react to change. Kept it simple. Uncertainty, blame, resistance. There are some people who like change, and that's okay. I will say... When talking to people, those who like change are oftentimes the ones who are creating the change. (laughs) (laughs) And then that means they are the ones we blame. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, So, but it doesn't mean some people do like change. I I actually, when we went to working from home, I was like, "Woo, this is so exciting. This is cool. What's it going to be like? My house was so clean for one week. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the day you cleaned your baseboards. Uh, Yes, yes. I was like, wow, how did did my dog get dirt down here? He did. That's not happening so much anymore now that I have a child. So change. Some Some people do like it. In general, a lot of us, we react in those three ways. We're actually going to talk through a model, and this is called the kubler ross change curve. And this is... If you've ever gone through training on how people deal with trauma, it's somewhat similar, but it gets what I like about it is it gives us a label for how we feel and where we might be with a certain change. So let's talk through this. We're going to talk through the, the different parts of this curve. It starts off with shock. Starts off with shock, and then it goes to denial. Mm-hmm. So shock, oh my gosh, we're in a pandemic. We're going to be working from home. Denial. Oh, this is only going to be a week. (laughs) This is not going to last long. The next one is frustration. And and I'm going to say right now, with this change curve, we do experience each of these. So you go through each of these, no matter what the change is, but the time you spend in each of these steps varies drastically, depending on what the change is and depending on you as a person. Some people have experienced an immense amount of change and they just fly through this curve. Mm -hmm. People who haven't experienced as much change in their life, they might get stuck in frustration. They might get stuck in denial. So, okay, we have got shock, denial, frustration. Then we have the big dip in that curve and it's depression, Mm -hmm. also called disengagement. Okay. So if you're an employee and you're super disengaged, that, that is also this huge dip in that curve or depression. Oh, interesting. So it could be that you just never made the shift back up past disengagement. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, interesting. Keep going. Yep. Fascinated. <laughs> yeah. And as, as, a, as a leader, when you are observing people on your team, or maybe it's a friend, the two most dangerous places to get stuck is frustration, because that's when people are complaining and grouching and blaming, Right. And that's not healthy. That's not a healthy culture or atmosphere. And the second one is that depression or disengagement. Those are two places that are dangerous to get stuck. So as a leader, we want to recognize that either in ourselves or others. And we're going to talk here in a second what you need to get through each of these stages. Okay. After depression or disengagement is then experiment. This is when you start to come back up in that curve and you say, okay, I'm going to test this out. Going back to your Starbucks example, yeah. okay, okay, let me try to count I'll try the it. way that you've suggested. Yeah. Let's let's de- 
we're going to dip our toe in the water. <laughs> I'm going to see if it's cold or hot. I'm going to test it out. That's experiment. Then you move up to decision. Decision is that moment where you decide, I am going to be positive about this change. I'm making the decision to now count the cash register or whatever at Starbucks this way, and I'm going to stop grouching about it. I'm going to be positive about it, and I'm going to develop this new skill. And the final step is integration, or in other words, acceptance of the change. That is our change curve. Hmm. I've never heard that before. Cool. Ah, yay. <laughs> Thanks for teaching me something new, Becky. Awesome. I love it. Well, let's, let's talk what do we need in each of these steps along the change curve. When you are in shock and denial, we need to create alignment. And this is really when leaders need to communicate, okay, this is our reality. It's talking about the brutal facts, the reality. This is why, this is the rationale behind this change. When we have frustration, when we are frustrated or when we see someone who's frustrated, we need to maximize communication. One of the biggest things about people who are frustrated, and you've probably observed this, is they need to be heard. Mm-hmm. When we say maximize communication, it doesn't mean you you talk their ear off. It means you listen to them, you make sure their concerns are heard, and you communicate with them and say, okay, yes, I've heard these things. And one of the pieces here around frustration and depression that's also a really good tool is the Stephen Covey circle of influence. Oh, yeah. So drawing people back to saying, okay, people love to be in control. This is the change. You don't get to decide. You're frustrated. I hear you. What is in our control that we can focus on? And what can we influence that we can put our energy towards? Because a lot of times people who get stuck in frustration or depression, they are focused on the outside part of that circle of control that is what they cannot control. And that's why they get stuck there. Been there, done that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. me too, me too. So we need to maximize that communication. When people are in disengagement or depressed, we need to spark motivation. You cannot motivate someone. Sorry, guys. We cannot motivate someone else. They have to choose to be motivated, but you can do things to spark motivation. Maybe that is painting the picture of the future and what the benefits are going to be. Casting vision. Yeah, Yeah, casting vision, creating a motivating environment. Okay, this is our change. We're going to try to make the most of this. Let's make it fun, right? How can we make it fun? So sparking motivation is what we need for ourselves or we need to do for others when they're in that disengagement or depression side of things. Next is experiment. This is where we start to develop capabilities. So you're dipping your toe in the water, starting to test things out as for yourself, recognize that this is where you're going to be learning those new skills, working from home. Okay, I'm going to learn where I need to put my video cam or what I need in my background so it's not distracting to people (laughs) when I do this. I'm experimenting with this new virtual working from home. Decision. This is, once again, we've decided to be positive about that change. We're moving up on that curve. This is where we need to share knowledge. I'm thinking about working from home. When I found out that all the leadership trainings I do had to be over Zoom, I started to experiment with Zoom annotate, the chat feature, breakout rooms. When it came to decision, that's when my team, we all became positive and we're like, wow, this actually this is going to work. And we started to share best practices. We'd learn these new skills. So when we say share knowledge, that's a great place where you can help show the benefits and positivity of that change. Even I was like, wow, I, I mean, our trainings that were once 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. with dinner, 
now it's seven to one and then I can go walk my dog. Like there's positives to this. And then finally integration, which is when you have accepted that change, what do we need there? We need to celebrate. What? Let's <laughs> hey. party. We've accepted the change. We've done it successfully. A lot of people don't celebrate. Yeah. I say if you got an excuse to celebrate, you might as well. Absolutely. Yes. So those are the different things that we need to manage ourselves and get through change. But also as a leader, by knowing these different steps, it's good to, if you if you want to coach, whether it's your peers, your friends, your team members, this can help you recognize what they need. Once again, the worst place to get stuck is frustration and depression or disengagement. Really need to maximize communication there, spark motivation, Get probably give people a little bit more time and attention when they're in those two spots. And finally, in all of this, explaining the why behind it, the rationale, there is a purpose. And like you said, Ash, casting that vision, it just helps us align to, okay, this is what this change is happening and this is why and this is what the future will look like. Yeah. So those are those are a few pieces. This once again, Kubler Rosh change curve. Bonus points if you can guess the first name. Darren. It's actually Elizabeth. Oh. Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Okay. All yeah. right. Oh, how pleasant. <laughs> how pleasant. I was just, yeah, I was curious. One of my team members told me that. Oh, okay. The other piece I'd say that was helpful tool is a is a helpful tool is that Stephen Covey circle of influence. If you're struggling with change, use it. D- write it out. Put it on a whiteboard. The center of the circle is what you can control about this situation. The the middle ring is what you can influence, and the outside ring is what you cannot control. Accept that there are certain things we cannot control. Yeah. Focus your energy on what you can influence and what you can control. And that's going to help you really own that change and move through this change curve to accept it. Where I always struggle with that is knowing the difference between what I can influence and what I can't control. Yeah. Because I feel like as a sort of a middle management kind of role, it's Mm -hmm. hard to know. It's hard to know where you can influence and where your line of influence stops. Yep. So that's always a challenge for me. But Yes. Well, we now have we have this reminder mm-hmm. of reminder of what we can influence, what we yes. can control when it comes to change. I highly encourage all of you out there, when it comes to change, change is a good thing. It can be hard. And sometimes we don't always know why things are happening or why change is happening. And sometimes that rationale comes down the road. I think about change in relationships. Maybe something doesn't go well and you break up. Don't be afraid to go back, reflect, think about it. And if you are an individual who's going through change and you feel stuck, find someone. Seek help from another leader. If you're at work and you're stuck with a change that's not going well, you should tell your supervisor. Mm-hmm. Tell your manager. And what we just talked about, if your manager doesn't know how to, how to help you through that change, tell them, be like, hey, I am, I'm disengaged. I'm depressed about this. I need something to motivate me because I it's I'm just I'm stuck. I have no desire to to engage in this. Yeah. Let them know. It takes a lot of self-knowledge, but it's worth it. Yes. Let them know. Oh, well, change. Yay. <laughs> so much change. We're going to keep experiencing change. 2020 was a huge year for me. P- parenthood, be- being pregnant, having a kid, working from home closing a gym, reopening a gym. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of change. Lots of change. The training field for going through this curve. The more change we experience, the better we get at moving through this curve quicker. That's encouraging. 
It is. Yeah. It's like your, your resilience, it increases for change. Something else, last nugget here, you can move backwards in that curve. So be careful. You could maybe move from depression to experiment. You dip your toe in the water and you're like, "Mm, I don't like it. Yeah. And you go backwards. So just continue to communicate well with those around you if you need help. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. I, as someone who works in communications and who who is trying to cultivate some culture shifts in my organization, I feel like this is really helpful. So thanks for explaining it. (laughs) You're the best. Yay. Change curve. I do. I like change most of the time. However, it's taken me a lot of life experiences to build up my tolerance, my ability to Mm -hmm. accept change. Well, I want to grow my resilience as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, we uh, we still have issues. <laughs> we do. We've talked about change. How can we help ourselves and help others who don't want to change get through that change curve, accept it, and identify what we can control and focus our energy on that? We are going to be talking in our next episode about a very common topic. You ready for this? Debt. Oh, yep, that's right. I have a feeling a lot of us out there are in debt and it's just kind of become a normal part of life. Mm -hmm. So tune in to our next episode all about I've Got Debt as we talk about this series, all the issues we have. Mm -hmm. We hope you'll join us then. Talk to you next time. Bye.